What a privilege to be with you. As, as, as you were hearing, I'm Costa Rican by birth, so Spanish is my first language. And as, as, as I said before, I promise that I am going to destroy your language this very morning. <laughs> so I learned English here in the States, in Boise, Idaho, years ago. So if I do any kind of mistakes, it's basically your fault. <laughs> so please forgive me. I live in the Middle East with my wife, Patricia, and my, my kids, and it's been a beautiful journey. I was born in San Jose in a time when we used to be a missions field. But during the last maybe 35, 40 years, we have seen a new development coming from Latin American churches. Uh, we, in 1987, we gathered in Brazil, Sao Paulo, and by the end of the service, Brother Louis Bush was preaching, and then he proposed us something. He said, my dearest Latin American brothers and sisters, what if we can become not just a mission receiving field, but maybe we can become a missions force? And from that time, about 17,000 Latin Americans have left to serve the Lord among unrich people groups overseas, and it's been a beautiful journey. And thank you, thank you for the contribution of the American church. I have heard that there's, there, there is a couple coming to the Switzerland of Latin America, Costa Rica, and to serve among us, so thank you. I'm coming this week with, with two senses or two feelings. And, that, and, and believing that that's why it's important to hear and to read the Word of God. The first, um, the first thought is related with the truth. That we are living an amazing, amazing time in terms of global missions. We have seen more Muslims coming to Christ during the last few decades than during the previous maybe thousand years. So, and I know that every day we, we've been receiving from the news these terrible um, stories about what is going on in the Arab world and the Muslim world, and some of them are truth. But the other truth is that God is on the move. Today and yesterday, and maybe Friday, a small groups of believers are doing what we are doing today. Worshiping the name of the Lord, reading and studying the scriptures, and exhorting one another. Praise God. Praising God in, in Arabic, or in Uzbeki, in Tamashek, in Soninke, and in different languages. So God is moving. It's a beautiful time. <coughs> I have in mind as well that we are living a different season in missions. When I was a boy... I used to see my American fellows coming to Costa Rica. We, we have a, a Spanish institute, a Spanish school for new missionaries in San Jose. So I grew up close by to the, in, to the Spanish school. So when I was growing, in our minds, we thought, if you want to be a missionary, you have to be American. So that was the perfect equation. In today's world, if you, if you go to the field, to uh, uh, Amicasa, my home, your house, 
in the Middle East, what you are going to see is a wonderful confusion of nations serving the Lord among the unrich. Now you can see, praise God, yes. You can see now, yes, Americans and Europeans, and then you are going to find Brazilians, Africans from Nigeria, Latin Americans, Asians, all together serving with different capacities and challenges throughout the unrich world. Praise God for a new day, for a new day. Now, the, somebody told me the, the largest speaking language in the world today is broken English. <laughs> and I'm so glad, so glad. I was in a church in Boise, Idaho, about two years ago, preaching. And when I finished the message, one of the elders of the church came to me and told me, you know, Alan, when you were preaching, your voice sounded familiar to me. And then when you were talking, I, I was just closing my eyes. And suddenly I thought, oh my God, Antonio Banderas is preaching in my church. <laughs> It's a new day. It's a new day. That's the joyful part. God is on the move, my friends. And, and as we said in some places of the other world, you know, these my eyes have seen unrich nations worshiping the name of the Lord. Reef Berbers in Morocco worshiping the name of the Lord. Iraqi refugees and Syrians worshiping the name of the Lord. Uzbeki or Tajik or the different peoples of Indonesia worshiping the name of the Lord. And I'm so glad to be living in this season. On the other hand, I'm coming here and let's see if I can express myself in a good way. With a sense of sorrow and some sadness. My friends, we are witness of one of the largest moves of human beings going from one corner to the world to the other side. People going from north to south, from east to west. Is going or it is inevitable. It's just happening. And maybe we thought it may be just one people group to going to another side. I was in Nigeria a few months ago in a church with one million seats. That was a beautiful experience. And with a bodyguard with an AK-47. <laughs> and I heard about Africans going to South Africa, to Cape Town or Johannesburg. It's a global diaspora what we are living today. So, and I can understand the reactions of the globe, but at the same time, I am praying, help us, Lord, and let us be your loving witness. Whatever might come, whatever might happen, and no matter who is coming to the backyard of my home. Help us, Lord. That's why reading Jonah is important this morning. Because what we have here is a prophet of the Lord coming from a chosen nation that in some regards forgot 
who were they and understood that the privileges of the kingdom were just for them and then God himself put him in the situation of being a blessing to the, to the stranger, to the order, to the foreigners, people coming or from cultures that I basically hate. Nineveh was a terrible city, a sinful city, uh, the capital of, of a bloody kingdom, a terrible empire. They were killing everywhere, everybody, everywhere. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. He was a prophet of the northern kingdom of Israel during the time of Jeroboam II. I don't know if you say Jeroboam, but I'm creating a new word in English. Remember of the broken English, the, new, the largest language of the world? Jeroboam II. And he was prophesizing that the kingdom was going to, record, uh, to recover a kind of uh, glorious influence in that area. And, and his prophecies in, in, in some regard were fulfilling. And he was in, in some regards uh, different than his contemporary prophets of the season like Amos or Ozia that they were prophesizing the destruction of Nineveh. So, and then God himself is calling one of the most visible and important, and important prophets of the kingdom of northern Israel in order to accomplish a mission, a commitment in the terrible capital city of the Assyrian Empire, a bloody empire. And then in verse 3 says, after receiving the calling, beautiful Jonah ran away from the Lord and hid it for Tarshish. So go, God was calling him to go to the east and he was turning to the west in obedience or escaping from the presence of the Lord. We used to live in Spain for many years. And my, my Spanish friends in Cadiz, South Spain, they, used, they like to say that, that Tarsus or Tarsus used to be in South Spain. It's possible. So if we assume that Tarsus was in South Spain, and if you have in mind Iraq today, you can see what the prophet was doing. God called him there and he was going there to the beautiful beaches of South Spain. He went down to Joppa, close to Tel Aviv today, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the, from the Lord. And in some regards, the prophet is expressing almost a kind of tribal attitude about God. He understood, because he's going to tell us later on, that he is believing in God, the creator of everything, but he tends to believe that he can escape from the presence of the Lord. We watch a common way to understand God in the past. Then, 
The Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Just imagine, you have very skilled mariners here dealing with the storm and, and, and facing a very difficult situation. A kind of a storm that pushed them to be asking their gods what is going on. As we can see in the next verse. Every one of them, they were asking their gods, what is going on, what is going on here? Meanwhile, our anti-missionary prophet, Jonah, had gone below deck where, they lay down, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how you can sleep? Get up. And call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. So the entire world is just coming against that small ship in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. We used to live in Cyprus as well with my family. And, and we, we used to cross from South Spain to Morocco quite often. And I still remember with my two small kids... Almost 20 years ago, we were using these very old ferries, you know, a ferry, crossing from the Gibraltar, Gibraltar stretch going towards the Moroccan shore. And I remember some storm growing to, going from South Spain to Morocco and the waves, my friends, and, and the winds, and just praying that I was not going to be vomiting before my family. <laughs> so everybody... We're asking for their God. But our missionary prophet got sleep. And then the captain came and told him, wake up. Wake up. The whole world is turning down and you are you sleeping. Then you have here an amazing picture of, if I may say, a pagan sailor telling to the prophet of God, to fulfill his duties. And sometimes we have the world telling us that we have to be part of the common good, as it was in the ship. The captain is telling him, you are the only one that has not brought your spiritual beliefs to the table. Wake up. Bring your resources to us. Because we have to escape together. And as you can see, they, they were trying to escape the whole team. But our missionary prophet got sleep. And he woke up, as you remember, and they said, who are you? Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity? They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Poor Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? 
God himself is putting a prophet that in some regard has, let me say, he has manufactured God to his own definitions to be confronted by the pagans that are asking him a response of what is going on. So Jonah's beliefs was, was just shocking in front of his own beliefs. And, and the, the reluctant prophet that was avoiding to bless the non-Israelis was going to be a blessing for them. Because at the end of the road, the entire team of the ship was going to come to the Lord. Even his anti-missionary attitudes works for the salvation of the pagan sailors. God was showing Jonah the prophet and in extension to, extension to Israel that he loves even the societies that are out of the community of faith. That God loves them. But Jonah, Jonah is in that situation because in his in his theology, it's not just a sociological problem that they, he had some kind of reluctancy about foreigners, something that really is a matter of concern today. I'm coming from Paris just last week because it's part of my job. You're seeing these hundreds of Africans and, and Arabs living in Paris. You have about four million Arabs living in the surrounding neighborhoods of Paris. And Africans from West Africa, the French African, the, the French speaking African countries are there. Or in Germany, where I live now for a, a short season. And you can feel, you can perceive a growing rejection, even from the blessed ones against the stranger and the other. My Lord, help us. Because he was taking his more prominent prophet and put himself in front of his neighbors in order to bring salvation not just to Nineveh but even to the sailors in the ship. Even in disobedience, was going to, God was going to manage the whole thing in order to save them. Because God so loved the world. So, God is dealing, and that's, that's a growing concern for me in Central America. I don't know if you know, Costa Rica is not a rich country, even though Costa Rica means rich coast, but we are just coast, not rich. <laughs> but even us now, with the Nicaraguan war, Thousands of Nicaraguans are crossing again, as it was when I was a teenager during the 80s. Our borders are coming to Costa Rica, the Switzerland of Latin America. This is what they told me when I was in school. Europe is facing these kind of things, and you are here in America and in Africa, in Asia. And, and, and God is dealing with his prophet in order 
to expel some kind of toxicity in the heart of his prophet. He just put him before the strangers. My friends, one of, one of the variables of the missionary work today, when I, when I became involved in missions, my thought was, I'm going to become involved in missions. We have the gospel in Latin America, and the unrich, far away there, they don't have the gospel. So they have a problem, I am going to fix it. And many missionaries from Europe and America came to Latin America with the same attitude. These Latinos don't have the gospel, we are going to fix the problem. And now Latinos are doing the same. We learn very, very quick. But when I arrive in the other world, expecting nothing, because we tend to believe that nothing is happening out there, that's why we need to send out missionaries. When I was landing in the other world, in the Muslim world, I'm on the own bridge, I realized that God was already on the move and he was not expecting my arrival in order to do something. And I was joining, I was just there invited by my Lord, joining him in his holy purposes among Muslims. And seeing now Muslims saying Jesus is not just a prophet, Jesus is God himself and is my savior. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful to see them. One day, Al-Waqbar, and the other day saying, Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God the Father. So but good, God put us in front of what he is doing globally. As, uh, in the same way that he did with Jonah, his prophet. God is telling Jonah, Jonah, I love you. I'm going to deal with your heart. And as you want to, I just want to let you know that I am going to fulfill my purposes with or without your cooperation. But I'm going to deal with you as well. Church, God is going to fulfill his purposes with or without our collaboration. But dealing with us throughout the process. We have a terrible joke in Spanish. And I have no idea it, uh, if it means, some, it means something for you. We, 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 we like to say, if God is calling you to a kingdom service, it's just better to go by your own will. Or if not, he's going to send you by whale. So let's read on verse 9. They were asking, who are you? From where are you coming from? They were, they were telling him why we are facing this. Because the natural response for the majority of the world is a spiritual response, my friends. Now, we in the West, we are so sophisticated, but we have now a different kind of gods. And we are just worshiping them in a different way. 
But the whole of humanity have some different gods. In their case, they, they were interpreting the whole storm as if something was happening in the spiritual realms. And they were asking their gods what's going on and nothing happened. Now, Jonah, what is going on? They were casting lots and he was the winner. And then he said, I am a Hebrew and I believe in the creator of the whole things. And now the mariners or the sailors are shaking. They are afraid what we are going to do. And then Jonah said, just throw me out to the ocean. What, what was their response? No. They, they really did their best in order to protect Jonah from a final destiny. Finally, they gave up and they said, oh, dear Lord, Yahweh, you are doing what you want. And reluctancy, they throw up Jonah in the ocean. Let's read verse 12. Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I, I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Seems like the prophet maybe have some mercy for the mariners. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not for this, because the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cry out to the Lord. Remember verse 5. In verse 5, they were looking out for their own gods. Now, in this verse, they, they are crying out now to the Lord. Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, Yahweh, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. They got converted. Verse 5, they are worshiping their own gods and asking help. And now through the difficult circumstances of, of the storm, they are offering obedience and vows to Yahweh, our Lord. Meanwhile, Jonah is drowning on the sea. And we are going to rescue him next Sunday. <laughs> now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let me close with three thoughts. I want to be a good, a good boy, not a Latin American preacher. <laughs> Number one. God himself has provided or has chosen a nation, has chosen a people in order to fulfill his mission in this world. It's his initiative. And he's going to do it. And we are the people of God. But he is going to put our beliefs our theologies, and he's going to show us how to put the Bible in practice. He's going to deal with our fears. So living among Muslims, I have to confess 
than during the first few years I was living, I was living with some fear. And then one day I was interviewed by the police in the Moroccan border. By the end of the interview, I realized two things. They knew about me everything. Everything. I was the director of my mission. We had at the time 36 missionaries in, in Morocco. And they knew that we had 36 missionaries. They knew my address in Spain. They knew everything. Everything. And that, that day, I just decided I am not going to live under fear serving among Muslims. And by the grace of the Lord, the day that I give up, gave up my fears, I became to see more fruit among them. When they realized that I am not afraid of them, they began to open their hearts to me and to the gospel. When your Muslim friends in Chicago realize that you are not afraid, they are going to open their hearts to you, to the Bible, and to the Lord. God is going to fulfill his promises, my friends. Every single nation, every single tribe, every single language are going to be with you and me before the throne, worshiping the name of Jesus and the name of the Lord forever. It's going to happen with or without our collaboration, but not giving us on us. Number two, let me repeat. God is going to fulfill his purposes with or without our collaboration. God today is calling us not just to express verbally our convictions of the Bible, that there's no other name under heaven from which we can be saved, just the name of Jesus. I totally believe the only source of salvation for human beings is the Lord Jesus Christ. No doubt about it. But my words needs to be companion with my deeds and my lifestyle. The unrich respect holy lives and mercy. And number three, God is the initiator and the fulfiller of his own mission. He's going to accomplish everything that he has for humanity. Might it all help us. Let's pray. We love you, Lord, and we need you. And we, and, and we together embrace the truths of the gospel, a gospel that is calling me to believe in you and to follow you, but a gospel that is calling me to, to embrace my enemies and to forgive them. A gospel that is calling me to, 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 to be walking the extra mile. Help us, Lord, not just to proclaim the gospel, but to live the gospel. And help us to remember that we are the chosen people called to be your worshipers and your witness, whatever it takes. Help us, Lord, to understand that you are going to fulfill your purposes with or without my collaboration. But praise God, 
you are going to fulfill everything despite of me, by using me. And help us, Lord, to remember that you are the one. You are the one that called Jonah. You are the one that sent the storm. You are the one that ordered the fish to be there right at the time. You are the initiator and the fulfiller of your own mission. We praise you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Muchas gracias. Buenos días. Thank you.